Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the LGBTQI plus storytelling night I host and program. If you're new to Queer Stories, welcome. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Head out to your local bookseller to buy the Queer Stories book and enjoy listening to this incredible archive of stories by LGBTQI plus Australians. Stephen Ross is a Womba Womba man from Daniloquin in southern New South Wales who has cultural and familial connections to the Wiradjuri, Mutti Mutti and Gunditjmara peoples. Stephen has worked in the public service in Indigenous policy, environmental affairs, LGBTQI projects, cultural and arts coordination and local government. He has sat on the board for Murray Catchment Management Authority, Yarkawa Indigenous Knowledge Centre and the South West Regional Arts, Inner City Legal Centre and the New South Wales State Library. Stephen's story that he performed at Queer Stories Western Sydney in January 2019 also appears in an extended version in the Queer Stories book. I know I bang on about the book quite a bit on this podcast, but it's a beautiful piece of writing and I hope that if you haven't bought the book, you will after you listen to Stephen perform it. I have worked out in Parramatta for seven years now. I lived out here because I love this community so much. It is extraordinary. I particularly love working with Darug people um, and I on- honour and acknowledge their elders past and present and all other Aboriginal uh, brothers and sisters in the room, especially the gay ones. <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure working and living on Darug country, especially river country, Parramatta River. And for those that don't know, water for Indigenous people is incredibly significant. Water we think has a spirit and a sentience and its own inherent rights. And I think if we all looked at water that way, the world wouldn't be in the mess that it is right now. <laughs> Especially where I come from, Wamba Wamba country. Yeah, not, there's no O in there. I don't know why people keep doing that. Um, I have always settled near rivers. And although the following story is not set on Durrug country or Western Sydney, I wrote it out here, nurtured by this country. Um, particularly the bit about my grandmother, which um, I added into this uh, story, which I told before. So from one river country to another, I give you a meandering river story, meandering fishing yarn. Country speaks to us. I am literally the worst fisherman ever. As a black man, that is a really hard admission to make. On the other hand, Cookalora, my grandmother, was a crack fisherwoman. Actually, in my mind, she was a superhero. A hunting, fishing, animal skinning, muscle diving, wild Salvation Army tambourine swinging one-eyed wonder woman who brought up all of her nine children, a bunch of rogue kids, a few grandchildren and a yard full of animals. Cooker was always supplementing our sugary western-coated, sugary western-coated, sugary flower-coated western diet with native foods. One day she'd serve up freshly caught kangaroo or that honorary bush food rabbit Another, she was diving for mussels in the college or fossicking for mushrooms in a muddy paddock. And of course, she would take us to her favourite fishing spots, particularly near the bridge that crossed the river near Munakulla, the former Aboriginal mission, about 50 kilometres from Deniloquin. College, a, white, uh, a river white people call Edward, meanders out of the Murray near Mathara in southern New South Wales and grinds westerly through Baraparapa and Wamba Wamba country, converging with the Warcool River after being fed by countless creeks runners and little watercourses. Kukalora, a muddy muddy woman, married my nyapa, or grandfather, uh, Neil, a wamba wamba man. He also loved fishing, but it was her domain. I remember her taking us to dive for pithen, or mussels, and netting lip-lip will, or yabbies, in the shallow sandy parts of college. 
We were in awe of this voluminous woman, normally so staid and mostly sedentary, moving through the clear water with grace and dexterity, gathering up mussels with a swish of her hands, collecting them in the lap of her house dress. We giggled with the wonderment of all kids who see their parents or grandparents do something adults just don't do. We were thrilled. Cooker tried to teach me to fish despite my revulsion for impaling worms and ripping open shrimp. In later years, I would try to employ these skills fishing with my sister and her partner at the time. My sister's a lesbian. But I rarely succeeded. <laughs> Woo! Uh, it would be normal for the two women to pulling in uh, Murray cod either side of me and for me to be reeling in twigs, plastic bags, the occasional muddy shoe, and more often than not getting fucking snagged on a submarine tree root. This is my lot in life, to be surrounded by great fishers. Ironically and cruelly, my totem is the Kernkern, or Kookaburra, a magnificent kingfisher. <laughs> and those that know me and know my laugh can definitely tell that I'm a Kookaburra. <laughs> Cooker used to let me stay up late to watch old movies with her, or Wimbledon. I think she knew I was un unusually interested in Stefan Edberg's legs. <laughs> she taught me to skin and gut kangaroo and rabbits, and I was the only kid that she made do this onerous task, and I resented it at the time. In hindsight, it was con consistent with her desire to never box me in. She made me feel worthy to receive cultural knowledge as one of the tribe, part of an ancient unbroken line of Wamba Wamba people. And although Cooker was a good God-fearing Christian, she loved Jesus Christ Superstar tonight, <laughs> I, I don't think her lessons were intended to prepare me for the impending doom of Judgment Day. It is, however, comforting to know that if the apocalypse comes and you need someone to skin a rabbit, I'm your man. One hot and dry summer's day in 2008, I decided to spend time in the bush with my gay cousin, uh, George, who, like um, cook, um, my cooker, was a gun fisherman, reeling in everything that had gills and fins. We drove his jeep deep into Wirai Forest, the world's oldest river red gum forest of some 14,000 hectares, replete with wetlands, creeks and ceremonial sites. Our name for Wirai is Palengalite, meaning a gathering of many men or witch doctors. P Pengal also means Murray Cod. This is the forest that sheltered the local Wamba Wamba and Paraparapa people from the onslaught of colonisation. In the early um, 1840s, some 80 survivors of that violent and jolting process walked out of Palengalite. Every single traditional owner in Deniloquin today owes their lives to those brave souls and to the forest. There are thousands of us now. George and I arrived at a spot called the Bunya Pole, a well-known deadly fishing hole, that, um, but that day nothing was biting. Nothing was moving or rippling the surface of the slow-moving and rolling brown water, not for me and not for George. I suggested we cruise over to another part of the forest near Collagen Creek, a place where the local traditional owners camped and fished for thousands of years. We were joined there by my sister's uh, former lover, Shani, um, uh, and she was a very distant cousin, I have to say. We, wa we walked to a... Very distant. We walked to a serene little spot on the low bank of the creek where a bed of wongol or kambungi reeds and logs apparently created the, first, the perfect hiding spot for fish. As I was about to cast in a line, a wind blew up from the south. We turned our eyes skywards and a dusty nyarak or whirlwind rustled violently and tugged at the branches of the trees that looked down at us from the high bank. We always deified Nyaraks. They are how clever men travel across country. This particular mystical transport danced through several trees and to our astonishment twirled down the high bank onto the water 
where it skimmed and shimmied and skipped across the creek, making it gurgle and splash. Nyarak then leapt onto the bank and continued its dance into the forest, shaking and rustling river red gums in its wake. We were stunned. Shani had always been superstitious and screams, let's get the fuck out of here. But I said, fuck it, I'm throwing in a line. And I whirled my shiny sinew with its tasty payload into the spot where the Nyarak had pierced the water. It landed with a satisfying plonk. No more than ten seconds later, just as I settled in for impending disappointment, I felt a powerful and unfamiliar tug on the line. Aghast, I reeled in a fucking whopper of a Murray cod for the first time in my life. In that ancient forest of clever men and witch doctors, I like to think that the Nyarak was sent by my cooker, dancing through the forest to drop off a little gift and to remind me of her omnipotence, of the omnipotence of all ancestors. Ecstatic and wanting to bask in my newly found fishing acumen, I quickly drove to my mother's farm, which she bought in 2000. It's about 15 kilometres from the mission where she uh, grew up as a little girl, until 1968 when the entire population was forcibly removed into Denaliquin. I've got to say the reactions from my proud muddy mother, muddy, muddy mother and my stepfather threw me for a six. When I relayed the story to Mum, she launched into a rather bland scientific explanation of how the whirlwind dropped red dust onto the surface of the water, ionising it, and the agitation of the creek piqued the attention of the cod. My white stepfather, on the other hand, said in a hushed tone, Oh, that's a sign. I know, I wonder if Carrie ann Kennelly will ever come to that realisation. <laughs> she really should come to Western Sydney. There's 41,000 Aboriginal people out here. Country speaks to all Aboriginal people, whatever our layers, our spectrum or identities, whether we're straight, gay or Muslim, Christian or parliamentarian, a lawyer or a button-down public servant like me. That connection to country is not easily severed, not by invasion, colonisation or attempts at assimilation. That day and every day, country speaks to me. It spoke to George and Shani and thousands of other black, gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgendered, intersex and queers. Country like my magnificent cooker informs and drives our lives at a deeply profound level, inextricably and often intangibly, and she may make a kingfisher out of me yet. Thanks for listening. Please rate and review the Queer Stories podcast to boost my ego and help spread the word. For tickets and dates, follow Queer Stories on Facebook. And for late night rants and photos of my dog Frank, follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. For discount tickets to my shows, as well as other perks, become a supporter of my work on Patreon for as little as $4 a month. Details on MaeveMarsden.com.